0: My name is Andrew McGiver. I'm a professor of medicine and staff respirologist at the Firestone Institute of Respiratory Health at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It is a delight uh, today for me to introduce the first of our podcast series that's been given by Dr. Louis-Philippe Boulay, who's a professor of medicine at Laval University in Quebec City. Uh, Louis-Philippe is uh, well known to all of you. He's an international uh, uh, leader in asthma that is uh, Uh, based in Canada. He has over 700 uh, publications and uh, has been a a powerhouse of innovation, holding currently a a chair in knowledge translation uh, at his university in in asthma. And uh, Louis-Philippe is always an expert in innovation, in clinical practice and education. And uh, today he's going to start off with a podcast series uh, this will be available in both English and in French. And we will also have some cases we can discuss uh, uh, afterwards.
1: So uh, my, uh, the goal of this presentation right now is to talk about uh, the approach to asthma in regard to the various phenotypes like T- T2 type uh, asthma. And uh, I would just uh, like to make maybe make a brief overview of the topic. Uh, Of course, we have to start mentioning that asthma is really a heterogeneous condition. Uh, There are various phenotypes, various characteristics of this disease, Uh, different type of inflammation involved. Sometimes we don't see anything, but there is usually uh, either an eosinophilic or a neutrophilic inflammation underlying asthma, mostly eosinophilic in the case of asthma. Uh, without any co- additional uh, comorbid conditions such as COPD. Uh, of course, uh, asthma in the past was mostly considered as uh, bronchoconstriction of the airways, but we know right now that there is a complex uh, inflammatory process that leads, in fact, to the development of airway upper responsiveness, increased bronchial secretions, and, and in fact, the typical symptoms of, of asthma, asthma. Uh, associated, of course, with uh, the increased responsiveness of the uh, with smooth muscle and uh, of the overall airways. So mm-hmm. there are so many components to this inflammatory pathways. Uh, so that in the past, uh, corticosteroids, in fact, mostly uh, inhaled, but also oral corticosteroids, these drugs are working on, on these different pathways of inflammation in asthma. Uh, they are excellent to 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 reduce eosinophils, for example, but they act on all the various aspects of inflammation, airway, edema, even on the, the um, improvement of, of responsiveness from bronchodilator. Uh, so uh, they were used uh, generally uh, to over, uh, to uh, address, in fact, these various uh, inflammatory pathways. So this is asthma is then an heterogeneous type uh, of condition. Uh, and uh, I must say that in the last decade or, or two, um, uh, the inflammatory phenotype has become the, the, the standard in fact to describe this type of disease. Uh, we had two main types of asthma, so there is a, what we call the, the, the T, T2 high and the T2 low. Uh, this in fact refers, to a distinct immune response that is mainly regulated by subpopulations of uh, T lymphocyte of the CD4 class type, uh, such as the TLPR1, Th1, and the Th2 cells, uh, Th2 cell being mostly involved in response to parasite and in allergic conditions. But uh, nowadays, we know that Uh, The the TH2 or the T2 type or T2 high type of inflammation uh, provides a better response to to steroids. And also there are many biological agents that have been developed for this this, uh, phenotype of asthma or this endotype of asthma. Uh, Unfortunately, of course, there are some T2 low or uh, sometimes it's called non-T2. Uh, asthma that are more difficult to treat, uh, sometimes associated with obesity or neutrophilic inflammation. Uh, Sometimes we don't see too much inflammation in the airway. So these type of asthma are are not that many, but there are some, and they are more difficult to treat. So uh, we learn a lot about inflammation in the last last decade. So this led in fact to the development of new uh, therapies. So I will mostly focus on T2-type inflammation right now. So what, what do we have in this type of inflammation? What kind of asthma do we have? Well, first, allergic asthma is in this two type, inflama- two, type 2 inflammation. So patients may have allergic skin tests that are positive. They may have elevated IgE levels. Uh, Sometimes we have a, a mixed uh, eosinophilic and allergen-driven asthma with elevated IgE, eosinophil, and uh, phenol, the fractional exhaled nitric oxide. Uh, And sometimes also we have purely eosinophilic asthma with uh, elevated eosinophils uh, and or phenol. So uh, these are considered to be uh, under the the umbrella of T2-type asthma. And typically, uh, the oral corticosteroid-dependent asthmatic are usually considered to be uh, of the T2 type inflammation. Uh, even if uh, usually uh, the step infl- inflammation responds well to steroids, sometimes they need high dose or even oral corticosteroids, sometimes uh, with all the problems that are associ- associated with this type of drug. Uh, so uh, we're lucky because uh, for the T2 type asthma in the past, uh, many interesting biological agents have been uh, uh, developed. Uh, to avoid, in fact, uh, oral carcosteroid intake, which is so detrimental over time. Uh, and uh, we have different types of biologics that have been developed, such as anti IgE, like omalizumab for the mainly atopic phenotype. We had the anti IL5 and anti IL5 receptor uh, agents, just as mepolizumab, reslizumab, and berylizumab, were acting really. Uh, on severe eosinophilic asthma. In fact, the biologics are mo- mostly for severe asthma. Uh, in fact, uh, they are some uh, sometimes costly medication, but they are have been shown to be effective in, in many severe asthmatics. So, and also the last uh, type of uh, drug of biologic, were the anti-IL four receptor. Uh, in fact, like dupilumab, uh, who are. Uh, considered to be agents that are effective in all types of T2-high asthma, uh, particularly if they had uh, higher eosinophil or pheno uh, or exacerbations in the past year. So they are a marker of response to that drug. So before considering these agents, however, we have to look at the, basic, uh, the basics of the treatment. We have to check the diagnosis to be sure that it's really asthma and not something that mimics asthma. At the severe asthma clinic, very often we have a patients sent for severe asthma, but they are not severe asthma. Either they have another condition such, such as gluttic dysfunction or other diseases that are mimicking asthma or they have a comorbid condition, severe comorbid condition that is interfering uh, with the asthma control or causing symptoms, the most frequent being severe uh, chronic rhinosinusitis, obesity, uh, sometimes psychological problems. So uh, many of these comorbid conditions can affect asthma control or may make some symptoms of asthma. Of course, we have to check the inhaler technique and in adherence to the treatment, because once again, this is a main problem. Patients who don't take their drug, they are afraid of taking the, the steroids the inhaler steroids and then have a, a poor control of their disease uh, because of this. Uh, usually, the guidelines recommend to have an action plan to how on how to manage exacerbations. But unfortunately, many patients don't have proper education and they have not been told uh, an action plan to to how to manage uh, the exacerbation. So that has to be checked. <clears throat> so once uh, the basic uh, assessment have been done, uh, the uh, therapeutic scheme is to to start usually with. Uh, uh, either uh, an ICS uh, with uh, a long-acting bronchodilator, a beta-2 agonist, a uh, long-acting beta-2 agonist in combination with the, the ICS. Uh, if you look at the GINA guideline or the Canadian guideline, you have a, a step-up step treatment. You can see for each degree of asthma what we can use. But of course, for the most severe types of asthma or poorly controlled, uh, usually we we go to a, up to a high dose uh, of ICS plus uh, a laba long acting beta one agonist bronchodilator. Uh, if it's not sufficient, sometimes they recommend to add long acting uh, anticholinergic agent to this uh, therapeutic scheme. Uh, sometimes leukotriene antagonists can be tried, but uh, they are in this type of patient not very useful usually. And of course, uh, some patients require, unfortunately, some oral corticosteroid for a long time period. So, for both the severe asthmatics on OCS or oral corticosteroid or not, uh, these severe asthmatic patients could benefit if they are not perfectly controlled, uh, or even if they are controlled on OCS, they can benefit from a a biologic agent. And we have many choices, as I mentioned. So, um, I think. uh, if there is any doubt about the, the, the diagnosis, uh, sometimes trigger factor or sensitizing factors, allergen, occupational asthma, which should be considered sometimes, or different other uh, conditions, uh, as, such as uh, I mentioned, gluttonous dysfunction or other, that have to be investigated. Then the patient sometimes should be referred in a specialty to, to have... Uh, a good investigation to really have a, a complete picture of what what type of asthma do we have in front of us. So um, I think with all the agents that have been developed in the past uh, years, we can control the vast majority of asthmatic patients. Uh, we have uh, other drugs that will come probably very soon in on the market, like Tezepilumab, which is acting on an alarming TSLP, which is at the very onset of the uh, inflammatory cascade in asthma, this is another very promising drug that will probably be as effective in uh, uh, will be effective in the T2 high asthma, but also uh, in some T2 low asthma. Uh, for the T2 low asthma, we are quite limited in regard to options. Um, in specialized institution, we can offer sometimes bronchial thermoplasty. Uh, uh oral azithromycin uh, can be tested try, in fact, to see if it's helping, but uh, we have to be careful about other potential side effects and contraindications. Uh, and of course, for obese patients, uh, to lose weight is always a, a, a very good way to improve asthma control. So... Um, I think our current guidelines are excellent to really suggest how to perform these assessment and choose the best treatment possible. Uh, Biomarkers will help us to choose the best biologic for a given patient. And uh, I think uh, we have to follow the uh, new researchers that will come come out because there is so much research in, in regard to asthma nowadays. I think we have excellent drugs, excellent inal steroids, excellent uh, strategies that have been proposed, but uh, maybe we'll have even further uh, developments in the near future. So I hope uh, this was useful to you and I uh, recommend that you have a, a look at uh, the Canadian uh, and the GINA guideline to, to know more about it. Thank you.